Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. I claim to be a son of God, a son of the Most High God. Um, and I have something that's just burning inside of me tonight that I want to get out to you guys. Um, God's been using us to try to expose this enemy that's within this, this problem source. Um, really, uh, tonight is called the perfect mindset. I feel like the Lord God wants to give us a perfect mindset from this day forward. Without this perfect mindset, I was lost, guys. I was heading off the deep end. Um, I've also titled the message that we have no excuse. We got to get rid of the excuses. If Adam didn't have an excuse, what makes you think you do? We have no excuse. We have been given everything that is needed to walk a life in godliness on earth as it is in heaven right now. Everything. We are not lacking anything. We have the power right now to be walking in holy boldness in a dark world. Right now, in a dark world. Right now, as the world gets darker, we should get brighter. Right now, we, this is no time for our lights to dim. This is time for us to brighten up and be the light of the world. There's a lot of people in fear right now. Right now is the time for God to display his power, his glory, his majesty. He's majestic. He's almighty. He is phenomenal. And I have joy in him. He is my joy. I love my wife, but he's my joy. She'll tell you the same about me. We get it from him. We don't get it from each other. We get it from him. No money, no, no pleasure, no item, no new car, no new house, no nice yard. Nothing can give me what he does. See, all that stuff's temporary. Um, tonight, God has really put it on my heart to share with you guys a little bit. See, the, the scriptures say we are overcome by the word of our testimony. We overcome by the word of our testimony. And I have a testimony I want to share with you tonight. A testimony of transformation of a dark world I was living in, and he transferred me into the kingdom of light. I witnessed this supernatural transformation. This is nothing that I'm hoping to get to, trying to be better. See, this is not about being better. This is about becoming something. Because when you become something, you are better, and you will be better. See, I, I meet a lot of people that, and I know you've, you could probably relate to this if you're watching. Well, I can't go to church right now, or I can't really seek God until I get this mess cleaned up in my life, this stuff I'm dealing with. i got to try to straighten up, then I'll pursue God. Well, that's wrong, my friend. That's completely backwards. God met me right in the middle of my mess, my darkest point in life. God showed up. And God took me out of that darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of light. Bright, holy light. Life. I didn't do anything to 
get better to get this. See, the scriptures tell us it's a free gift, the gift of righteousness, the gift of the kingdom. That's why it's not by your works. But once you get this gift, your works will show who you really are. Your works will display if you truly receive the gift. If your works don't display it, maybe you haven't received it. Matter of fact, I know somebody watching has not truly received the gift, the gift of righteousness tonight. I feel Holy Spirit telling me there's quite a few that think they have. You might think you have, but we're going to display. We're going to unpack the scriptures, and we're going to find out, do you have this gift? Have you received this free gift of righteousness that God has offered to you? Because as my testimony for I met God when I was 20. He introduced himself to me, and I was, I was a fan of God. I met the Almighty God in the midst of my sin. And I got better once I met God. My life cleaned up and got a little bit better. But as the Scripture says, when Jesus says, once the demon's gone and your house is swept in order, he comes back with seven more of his kind. So even though I met God... I didn't receive his gift. I didn't receive the power to change. I was doing it. I was being a better person because I was a fan of him. He was amazing. He was awesome, and he wanted me to be like him. So I was trying to be the best person I could be. Well, 10 years of that, from age 20 to age 30, whew, what a testimony to I could sit here all day and give you that testimony, but we're going to make it sweet. I was lost, and now I'm found. Like, I could sit here and babble all night long about what I did wrong and, and all this. I could wallow in my sin if I wanted to, but God just told me, you were lost, now you're found. So we're not going to wallow in that. I'm not going to take you in that wallowing pit, but I will tell you this, that I was a fan of God. I wasn't a son. See, a fan is different than a son. A fan gets to cheer on goodness, cheer on God. Yay, Ray. But at the end of the day, when you leave the game, you don't have to follow God. You don't have to change if you're a fan because you get to worship him your way. And when you go home, there's no change. See, a son is different. A son is more personal. A son has to change. A son cannot do wrong in the father's house. You have to a set of rules to abide by. If you have children, you know the consequence of no rules. If you have children and you don't set any rules, what's your household going to look like? It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be chaotic. It's going to be a lot of chaos going on in that household. So I have a burning message, and I'm going, see, I get excited about this thing, guys. It's something burning inside of me, and I just get excited. And a lot of people take it as pride. So I want to just let you know right now that Jesus Christ is Lord, and he is my life. So when I speak of things, I'm not speaking from a place of pride. I'm speaking from a place of boldness. Okay, guys? 
because true love is bold, okay? See, everybody has this, their own version of love. There's a kumbaya love out there. We just love all. Everybody should love all. Um, as one brother's taught me, there's, there's a filio love. There's agape love. There's so many kinds of love out there. But what was Jesus? Jesus is love. God is love. So if he is love, then he gets to define the meaning of it. That means what you think love is doesn't really matter. Because love itself gets to, defi to define the meaning of it. If he is love, then who are we to tell him what love should be? Because if we give him our perspective of love, it might be tainted. It might be cursed. It might be wrong. There's a lot of love out there, guys. There's a lot. And so I'm going to, God showed me to take y'all through the scriptures that he took me through to transform my life. So back on my journey for 10 years, I was a Christian. I got baptized. I got saved. I got the Holy Spirit. I had it. I, I, if you ask me if I was a Christian, yes. Are you saved? Yes. Have you been baptized? Yes. I have all that. But there was no real transformation in my life. There, like I said, I was a better person. Some of y'all have come to Christ and you've been baptized and you've been a better person. But then the demons come back with seven more. So your house has been swept in order, but if you didn't receive the free gift, then the demons come back with seven more. So the second state of that person is worse than the first state. Jesus' words himself out of his mouth. I was in that second state ten years later. They came back. I was a wretch. I was messed up. I was getting beat up. They were beating me up badly. Now I understand the parable. I understand what Jesus was trying to say. If this thing is not real to you, watch out. Watch out, because if you don't have the power, you are, you are in trouble. So it took me seeing 10 years of my life sinning and claiming to know God, living in sin. I was smoking pot every day. I, was, I wouldn't smoke pot and go to church. I wouldn't curse in church. Some of y'all, you know that. We can fix our mouths when we're around godly people. But as soon as you go home around your other people, your, your mouth starts to come back. So if we can transform ourselves in an instant on a Sunday morning, why can't we do it through the rest of the week? I was. She, my wife would say, you're a hypocrite. You didn't curse not one time around the people. I said, no, honey, that's respect. Not a hypocrite. I just respect them people, so I'm not going to talk like that around them. But she was exactly right. I was a hypocrite. I didn't know that. I thought I was good. I, hey, everybody struggles. I, you know, that's just part of life. I was a hypocrite. God told me himself I was a hypocrite, and he dealt with me. And, and I'm going to read the scriptures and tell you the way that he dealt with me. This is probably going to be a way of the gospel that you haven't heard before because I never heard it like this before. I always perceived it. My mindset was different the way I heard the gospel in churches. I never heard it presented like this. So I seen a man. I come across a man who was preaching righteousness, walking in the glory, walking in holiness, blamelessness, not being a sinner, being transformed from a sinner to a saint, a holy one of God. 
And I looked at my wife. I said, this man's crazy. He's talking about he can walk like God right now on earth. Nah, I don't know about all that. But I knew something was different about this man. Something, he, he had a boldness about him, and I knew it wasn't pride. I knew it was a boldness. It was a confidence in who he was. See, a lot of people mistake boldness for pride. Don't do that right now here. This is, I'm coming at you with a confidence of the Word of God and a boldness because I love you. And I'm going to give you the Scriptures the same way God gave them to me. So when I've seen this man, I've never seen nobody on the earth like it. Long as I've been living for 30 years, I have never come across a man like this. So what did it do? It put me in my Bible. Because, see, God is so amazing that we have teachers and we have different levels of authority, but yet we all have the same book. So in all actuality, God said the playing field is level. No matter who you are, great or poor, rich or tall, king or servant or slave, the, le- the, the playing field is level because y'all all have the same word. So me, I was a man of my word. If I heard a guy preach the word, I wanted to see it in my Bible. I wanted to see this word because you're telling me something, but I had to have confirmation because I studied things and I had common sense. And I understand a man could tell me something, but I want God to tell me the same thing. So when I did that about this man, I said, Lord, this man's cuckoo. He's talking about that he can live without sinning on a daily basis. I said, that's just crazy. I've never heard that before, Lord. That's just not possible. Well, God started speaking to me. I heard God as clear as a man talking me to you. Clearly, he said, prove him wrong. I said, well, I I, there's plenty of scriptures where you, where you say that you know that, that we're not that there's no it's not possible to do that. Well, he challenged me. God took me to the book, and in this book, he uncovered that I was lost. He he showed to me that I, I did the gospel I perceived was not the real gospel. It was my flesh's version of the gospel. See, if, if, if we let our flesh tell us truth and what's right and what's wrong, it's going to lead us astray. And you're going to pick certain verses that fit your flesh. And they're going to fit your lifestyle. And that's going to seem right to you. Well, what about the controversial verses? What about the ones that stirs up your flesh and, and, and really just makes you feel a certain way? Well, I think we need to discuss those because those are important. Because the Word of God is important. So we're going to start in 1 John chapter 3. God himself, now I'm going to tell you, the man that I saw did not give me this. God himself gave me this revelation on the scriptures, okay? Just to clarify, no man gave me this clarification. God did. Just to let you guys know, this was me and God talking in our quiet time and me studying and spending time with him. He gave me this. So we're going to ESV, 1 John chapter 3, right now. And we're looking, uh, let's start with verse um, 3. And like I said, I encourage you to read the whole book. 
don't just start with a scripture and read one scripture. You got to read above the scripture, beyond the scripture, the chapter before the scripture, and get a context of what's being said. Because without a context, we seem to take things out of context. We seem to take what our flesh dwells upon and we make it our own. So we're in 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. It says, and every, is this on the screen for the people watching? Okay, thank you guys so much. Y'all are awesome. And it says, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Just that first, go back to that. Just that alone made me question. Everyone who hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So I started thinking about water. Water is pure. But if you put a little bit of junk in there, what does it do? It dilutes the water, and all of a sudden it's not pure. See, God's all about pure. And that's something that I've always been taught I'll never be. You'll never be pure like God. I was always taught that. And the way I read the Bible, that's how I perceived it. So let's go to verse 4. And then he goes on and says, Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness, for sin is lawlessness. Well, at that time, I had to question myself like I'm questioning you. How are you living? Are you, is your life clean or are you living in sin? Are you living in disobedience to the law? Are you doing drugs that are messing with your mind? Guys, the battle's in our mind. And if you do something that alters that, you're going to get a false perception. It's called deception. <laughs> I'm about to start rapping there. <laughs> it's a false perception. <laughs> okay, guys? Now, let's continue verse 5. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. All right, let's go back to my mindset of how for 10 years I was always told, you're never going to be perfect, brother. You're, you will always sin. I actually had pastors pray for me and say, we pray for the sins that you committed in the past, the sins you're going to commit, and the sins in the future that you're going to commit. Wow, that's, that was my mindset. Okay, so I'm always going to sin. So nobody's perfect. That's, this was me for the 10 years that I disobeyed God. So I've never heard it like this. So in God, there is no sin. So no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen God or known God. So, but I knew God. I, 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 for 10 years, I was talking to God. Or was I? Or was I talking to the enemy? Because God showed me. Because see, when I read that right there, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. I said, well, I do. I sin. I smoke cigarettes every day. I smoke pot every day. I curse every day. I, I got a lot of sin right now in my life. But I thought that was normal because everybody struggles. Everybody has their struggles is what I perceived it, through the gospel. I was always taught if you be a good boy and try to be a good person, one day you might get there. Just hold your head above water and you might make it to heaven. I've never heard a gospel that told me if I keep on sinning, I've never seen God or known God. Now, that challenged my relationship. So I started speaking. To, I said, God, I, but I've been talking to you. He said, no, you haven't. I heard his voice for the first time since I was 20 years old, the, the, the pure voice of God. He said, no, you haven't. 
He said, you don't look nothing like me. Can we keep them uh, verses up? We're going to keep going in verse John. I'm not a one-verse man. I like to read the whole book, the whole thing. So God starts talking to me. He says, son, uh, he said, actually, I'm going to give you his exact word. He said, I never knew you, you worker of lawlessness. Do you know the famous chapter in Jesus where everybody quotes it? In that day, Jesus is going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. What did he just say in verse 4? Sin is lawlessness. So Jesus is telling all these people that quote this verse, I've heard every religion quote it. In that day, you're going to, you know, you claim to do all these things in my name, but Jesus is going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of sin. Sin is lawlessness. So God seems to be pretty serious about sin. See, I didn't have this fear of God when it came to sin. That fear just wasn't there. It didn't exist because he died for me, and he knows I'm a wretch. That was my mindset. This is why tonight we're talking about the perfect mindset. The mind of Christ is what we're talking about tonight, because I'm just giving y'all what God gave me to transform me. Guys, I went to church every Sunday. I was a faithful giver in the church. I tithed. We watched the kids. We, we served, but I was lost. I was a wretch. I was a mess. I was in trouble. I was living in sin. I didn't know God like I thought I knew God. So let's go to verse 7. Let's continue in 1 John 1. Verse 7. Or go back to 6. So no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Man, that hurt. Because I've always thought, well, you know, and, I, and I'm asking you, take it up with God. If you don't like what I'm saying, this is God talking. This is his word. Ask him. He will reveal himself to you. So no one who keeps on sinning has either seen God or known God. And I, and I could have told you I knew him, but he told me you didn't. You did not know me. If you knew me, you would have looked like me, and you would have acted like me. Because as the earthly saying is, you are who you hang around, right? So if that's the earthly saying, why is that not the godly saying? So if you hang out with God, you're probably going to look like him. You're probably going to think like him. You're probably going to talk like him, and you're probably going to act like him. Because you are what you hang around, I know whenever I was lost, me and my wife were watching. We were getting on a Netflix show that was cursing every other word. Well, we started cursing just like the show did every other word. Because you are what you hang around. You are what you flood your mind with. That's how you're going to think. That's how you're going to react. So that's exactly how we reacted. Just like what we were flooding our mind with. So, and now here's the crucial verse number seven. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Now, look at how John makes his point. Little children, let no one deceive you. God told me right there at that moment, you've been deceived, son. And it ain't your pastor's fault. It ain't nobody's fault but yours because you chose that lifestyle. You chose your sin over me. So don't go blaming your preacher. Don't go blaming your church. This ain't a blame game. You, 
you let people deceive you because you know why? You had the same word that they had. You could have opened the book and dove in and dug deep the same way. So I don't blame nobody for that. But what the devil does is he'll use your way of thinking, your mindset to get you off course, to get you off the path. So let's go to verse 8. It says, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Big God, little devil. (laughs) Big God, little devil. The reason he came was to destroy the works of the enemy. So, So right there he's saying that sin is the devil. The devil has been sinning since the beginning. You know, sin, Satan, it's kind of got a little similarities there. Okay, the devil invented sinning, obviously, because he's been doing it since the beginning. Now let's go to verse 9. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Whoa. Now, you talk about a gut check. Now, you read that over. See, uh, I've learned in life that we skim things. You know, we read fast. Okay, yeah, yeah, he said that. But we don't actually sit on it, and we don't dwell on it, and we don't let it soak in, and we don't, we don't just, you know, how you, you know how you cook meat? You don't just throw it on there and cook it, right? You got to soak it. You got to let stuff soak in and marinate for that thing to actually change and taste like it's supposed to. Ooh. That's what God wants. He wants to marinate us. you got to marinate in his word and marinate on what it says. And don't just skim and move on to the next chapter. You marinate on what's being said. Because our minds are so quick to, yeah, but, yeah, but it says this. We're so quick to hurry up and prove this wrong that we don't marinate in it. See, I marinated in it. I said, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. God's seed abides in him, but it, it, and he cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. But I keep on sinning, past tense, where I was at, but I keep on sinning, so I'm not born of you? Bingo! You're not mine. God talked to me again. My seed doesn't abide in you, so, my, so for God's seed abides in him. So obviously I'm missing something. If I'm living in sin, I'm missing something. It was, yeah, you were. I was missing something. And his name is called Holy. I love how he names things. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit. See, his name ain't struggling spirit, past tense spirit. His name was Holy Spirit. So I questioned my walk with God. He tells you, examine your heart, old man. Examine yourself. Look, look at yourself. Quit looking around. It ain't what's going on around you. It's what's going on inside of you that matters. Amen. What's going on around you doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What's going on inside of you is what matters. So I questioned my walk with God. I said, well, God, I am sinning, and I am. And he said, it's okay, son. I'm showing you this because I want to change you. I want to transform you. I want you to understand the gospel. It's the good news. The good news that you, I'm not mad at you. I want to transform you from darkness into the kingdom of light. Next verse, verse 10. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. 
Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So by this, it is evident who are the children of God. Obviously, at that point in my life, when I looked at my life after I read this, I was not his child. But for 10 years, I would have told you I was, that I've been baptized. I go to church. I'm just saved, hey, brother. I'm just like everybody else out here in the world. This flesh is, whew, things tough. But what God is saying, you were not my child. And I wasn't. He showed me that, and he forgave me, and he welcomed me home. And I'm hoping that he's going to do that for you. This is no condemnation. This is trying to open your eyes. It's trying to peel back the blinders that all, some of us can have in the routine, the routine that we go through in this routine. Let's go to verse 11. Let's keep on. He says, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love each other that we should love one another. So what he's saying is this is the message that you heard from the beginning. This is no new, this is no new news. God hates sin. If you're still living it, there's a problem. This is, this is not new. He's saying this is, this is not a new message. It's the same message. That's what made me question. I said, okay, okay, I hear you. I hear, I hear you, John. I hear, I hear you. And I said, well, I don't perceive the gospel that way. I've always perceived it that no man's perfect, that, you know, we're always going to struggle in this battle, and, and sin is real because it's reality. We're in it. And, you know, it's just, that's just not possible. You know, you, it's not possible. So here's what God said. He said, okay. He said, why don't you see what Jesus had to say about sin? I want to take you to the words of me when I was here on the earth and how I said what I said about sin. Okay. So let's go to Jesus. Let's, let's listen to what Jesus has got to say. Let's, um, let's go to Matthew 5. My God, Matthew 5. If Matthew 5 don't transform you or show you where you're at in life, I don't know what will. This is coming from love himself, guys. Matthew 5. And we're going to start. Well, you can really read the whole chapter. But I'm going to start, just to, for time's sake, I'm going to go in... Let's go to uh, verse. Let's go to verse twenty-eight. I'm gonna jump right in here, and I'm challenging you to read it for yourself. For you to go back and read all the way from the beginning to the end. Next book. Next book. Next book. Uh, verse twenty-nine. This is Jesus' words on sin. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out. Throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. Keep going, verse 28, or 30, I'm sorry. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than to, for your whole body to be thrown into hell. This is just two verses that just, oh, just these two. Wow. This is not the Jesus that I had a perception of. He's serious. He's not playing with sin. He is for real. He's telling you. He's not. What did he say here? Now, li listen to our Christian life. Well, I keep struggling. You know, my, I, I just keep looking at pornography. What do we do? I'll pray for you, brother. We'll just pray. Well, what would, what would Jesus say? If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Throw it away. I'm not sitting here catering to your sin, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm telling you how to get rid of it. 
Be a man. Grow up. Get off the milk. So many Christians are on milk. I was. I know. I know. It's a good. It's okay if you if you're sinning and you're on milk because then it fits your lifestyle. But let's get off the milk. Let's get in. Let's get into the meat, the good stuff. Now, let's go. Same verse, Matthew five, and let's go to the last verse, verse forty-eight of Matthew five. <clears throat> I think everybody's Bible translates it like this. You, therefore, must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I never heard nobody preach that growing up in church. I don't ever hear much of that verse, but it's there, and it's the words of Jesus Christ himself telling you, you, therefore, must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Does y'all's translation say that? ESV says that. Perfect. Um, you shall be perfect. So it's a command. Jesus himself told you, you should be perfect as he is perfect. And you want to say, well, 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 what good excuse can you make for that? There's not really many excuses on that one. You know why? Because all of chapter 5 tells you how to be. Does it not? Chapter 5 explains how to be like your father, how to not let sin rule you, how to love, how to be like Jesus, to be like him. So let's go up in chapter 5. And I said, well, Lord, I still ain't enough, Lord. This still just ain't enough because, I, you know, I, 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 my brain has been molded to think that I'm always going to do wrong. So, you know, this just ain't enough, Lord. He said, keep reading. Keep reading. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will. Well, so I'm going to find you a verse. It is, um, let's go to verse 10. Blessed, no, hold on. Blessed, no, that's not it. Um, let's go to verse 13. Verse 13, Matthew 5. And we're going we're gonna to read down to, uh, we're going to keep reading down to 17 or something. So verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how should its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. 14. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. 15. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is Jesus himself's commands telling you, teaching us, let your good works be the light of the world. But I have seen so many Christians that want to play that struggle card. Yeah, but brother, you just don't know. You just... But does Jesus ever say anything about that struggle card? He never gives us a struggle card. I've, I've looked through the Scriptures to try to find a struggling mindset from Jesus, and I, it's not there. I challenge you. Show me a struggling mindset from Christ that he gives unto us. Please. It's not there. I've looked. To all the Gospels, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. So we're going to continue. What is G- I still, this ain't enough. Lord, this still just ain't enough. I've always been told I'm going to sin. This just ain't enough. 
It just still ain't enough. So God said, continue, my son. I want you to keep reading. Um, I want you to read the words of Jesus. We're going to go to Jesus. Um, We're going to go to Matthew. Um, Okay, Matthew. uh, Sorry, let's go to John. We're going to go to John 8. John 8. And, and these are the Gospels. I love the Gospels, man. The Gospels are the pure Word of God. It's just it. It's fire. You can't come against it. See, I wanted to disprove what God was telling me. That was my mindset. I'm going to disprove because I've never received it this way. And I'm just taking you through the journey that God took me through during this process, this whole journey of, of getting to know Him. John 8. It's really hard to find scriptures up here for some reason. John 8, chapter 4, I mean verse 4. John chapter 8, verse 4. We're going to start. And they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What do you say? This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. See, they always wanted to prove him wrong. We always want to prove you a sinner. We want to prove that you're wrong. There's no way to be perfect. That's what they were after, to prove that. So Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once he bent down and wrote on the ground, and once more he bent down the road on the ground. But when they heard it, they walked away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. So this lady is about to have an encounter with the God of the universe. Wow. One on one encounter. The same encounter I had with God. Same encounter. Now, what does G- God, Jesus Christ, tell her? Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has, has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Now go, 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 and from now on sin no more. Now this woman just had a radical encounter with the God of the universe who just told her, Now you go and you sin no more. Because them hypocrites all have sin. See, the Pharisees, they claimed to be righteous, but they weren't. Their mouths were closed, but their hearts were far from him. And that's what he came to expose, to show the people. See, God gave me a revelation of this parable. A lot of Christians nowadays are no different than the Pharisees. Because we don't claim to be sinless. We know, yeah, we sin. We, we all got sin. So that's no different than the Pharisees. They didn't claim to not have no sin. That's why God said, if any of you have no sin, throw the first stone. So does that mean that's what God's after, a man that doesn't sin against him? Is that God, what God's looking for? Ask the woman. What'd he tell her? Now you, woman, because I forget I, you. He met her right in the middle of her darkness and her sin and gave her a command. Now you go and sin no more. And let's read verse 12. What does he say after this? Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. (laughs) 
Why would he say that? Man. Now, to you, Christian, I'm going to put it in human terms. If you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus, I'm going to put it in human terms for you. If you had a woman that comes to you and says, oh, my God, I met Jesus. I had an encounter with Jesus. I'm not going to sin anymore. What would you have to say to her? What's the first thing your mind would tell you if that woman told you she's not going to sin anymore? Because I've done that to people because God told me you're no longer a sinner. I've come to set you free. You're a a saint. You're not a sinner. I have come to transform you. And people, oh, brother, pump the brakes, brother. Could you imagine doing that to Jesus himself after Jesus just told this woman to go and sin no more? Can you imagine her fire? Can you imagine the fire this woman has got? God told me not to sin anymore, so I'm not going to do it. Who do you think you are, woman? The same spirit that come against Christ was the, would be the same spirit come against that woman. Who do you think you are? Huh? Now, if this won't open your eyes, this blow my mind. Like, Whoa! That same spirit, who do you think you are? Because I've had a lot of people tell me that. I said, I don't know. I ain't nobody, but I know he's somebody, and he lives in me. He's going to have his way. So whatever you think, whatever you want to say, he's amazing, and he can do anything. See, it's so funny how, how we have, okay, there's so many people that are strong in healing, right? So many people. Don't you confess that. Don't you say that. There's power in the tongue. So why would we ever confess that we're always going to sin? If there's power in your tongue and the same people that believe it for healing, why would you not believe it for sin? Makes no sense. Why? Why would we ever put a precursor on our life that we're always going to do the very thing that God hates when God come to set us free from it? Oh, children, let no one deceive you. Little children. I'm telling y'all guys, it's the mindset, this mindset, because here's the deal. If your mind thinks you're always going to do wrong in the sight of God, then where's your motivation not to? If you think you're always going to blow it and God just knows you're a failure and you're always going to miss the mark, then where's your motivation not to? Huh? Oh my God, Lord, have your way. Lord Jesus, perfect, holy one. Jesus. See, I need motivation to do good. I need something to get me going because, my God, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to tell you you ain't going to do it. You're not perfect, and there's no way. So guess what that does? God uses it as a springboard to motivate me, to want to be like him. Whenever something comes my way, it's all of a sudden not okay. And I'm not just going to say, well, brother, that's just life. We all deal with it, this flesh. Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh. My standard is different because it's God's standard. His standard is perfect. His standard is holy. And he expects the same from me. He expects the same from you. See, people preach a gospel that Jesus came down to lower his standard. That is a lie. He came down so that you could meet the standard. Is that, that's the gospel. I come down. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to show you how to walk perfect. I'm never going to sin, not one time. And I'm going to go through the same temptations you go through every single day. So you're left with no excuse. You don't have an excuse. Whew. I had so many excuses. I could have gave heaven. You don't know how I was raised. You don't know what this person did to me. You don't know what this person said to me. There's no excuse, guys. There's no excuse with God. We have no excuse if, if you've accepted the gift, the gift, the free gift. 
Let me tell you something. God come down to tell you you're not righteous, no, not one. See, the Bible always is past tense. We were once sinners. We were once sinners. Do you hear that key word, were? A lot of people preach as are, but it doesn't say that. I've looked at every single translation, and it's always were. We were once sinners, alienated from God, separated with his judgment and his wrath ready to be poured out on us. But then, God being rich in mercy, rich in grace, came and and paid a price to transform us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It's a mindset, guys. It's the mindset. It's this. See, God, I asked God, I said, God, so you do want me to be perfect like you? Yes, son, that's what I said, be perfect as I am perfect. I said, well, well, why do you want me to be perfect like you? He said, because when you strive to be perfect, it keeps you in constant fellowship with me. <laughs> that's what God told me today. It keeps you in constant fellowship with me. Because you can't do it on your own. And if your mindset is that you want to please me and you want to meet the standard, then you got to do it with me. <laughs> Woo, God. So that's the point. God's not looking for rule, rule people. Follow the rules. If you didn't follow rule seven, I'm coming after you. He's looking for fellowship, guys. He's looking for fellowship to walk in the garden in the cool of the day to walk with God. See, if you, if you notice in Scripture, all the... All the uh, people that pleased God, they walked with God. All the ones that pleased him, they walked with him. Man, God, thank you for this revelation, God, that you're giving us. Um, And a lot of people, they'll tell you, well, you know, everybody's going to sin, brother. Well, let's go to Job. God, Job had great favor with God. I want to go to the last verse in Job. I want to pull up Job and and go to the last verse. I hope somebody's getting something from this, guys, because this is the gospel that transformed my life. It changed my stinking thinking. It changed my stinking thinking. It changed me thinking that I'm always going to come up short, so what's the point in even trying? If I'm never going to meet his standard, then why try? It changed me. It gave me a motivation. It gave me an inspiration, a reason for why I do what I do. Because, oh, yeah, you're going to face it. You're going to face the the judgment, the persecution, and you're going (laughs) to... This ain't no joy ride, but it is if you're in him. You have all the joy in the world. Let's go to the last verse in Job. <clears throat> first, jet, first chapter, chapter one. Last, very last verse. So we all know what Job went through. And in the very last verse, it makes a point to tell you, in all of this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. It makes a point to tell you that. And I asked God, see, God showed me all this revelation, y'all. This ain't just something I come up with and I just decided to, to believe or some man taught it to me. God took me to all these scriptures. He says, son, let me tell you why I love Job. Because Job got put through the fire, the, the mill, and he still did not sin. It makes a point to tell you that. And he didn't even have Holy Spirit back then. They didn't even have the, 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 the presence, the uh, gift. Didn't they long for that that day, that they would have the Holy Spirit to help them be like God? So I said, well, I still wasn't convinced at this time. I still was like, you know, I, once you get something in your brain and you've been taught to think a certain way. It's hard to break that stronghold. 
That's a stronghold. A mindset's a stronghold. And it's hard to break that thing when everybody's on the same category, same page. Because everybody I come to, hold on, brother, calm down. You know, you just look excited. You just, you know, nobody's like God. Nobody's, nobody can walk in without sin. It's not possible. This mindset is hard to break. So I still, God, I need more. I need more. He said, well, let's go to Genesis. Genesis 4. Let's go to the very beginning. Let's see how I felt at the very beginning. See, the God of Revelation to the God of Genesis has not changed. He is the same God, the same Father. He has not changed. So, uh, Genesis 4. Let me see what verse we're on here. I think we're verse, huh, 7. Verse 7. And this is me calm, guys. I really do get excited about this thing. I want to jump off of a, a thing, man. This is, like, this is like finding treasure, like the kingdom of heaven. I found the treasure. I know what God wants. I know what he expects of me. I, I get it now. Now he tells Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Wow. Even in Genesis, he told Cain that sin's desire is for you, but you must rule over it. This doesn't sound like the God that I heard growing up. I was always told to hold on now. If you think you don't have no sin, then you think you're better than God. You just think you're, you just think you're God. But my God told Cain that he must rule over it. Now, now you check, check this mindset. I don't want to claim to rule sin because, my God, I want to be humble, and I don't want you to be mad at me, God. Why would God be mad that you rule over the very thing he told you to? That's contrary to the gospel. Makes no sense. But yet everybody I talk to, they call it humble. I'm just humble, brother. This is humble. I don't call, you know what God told me? They're not humble, son. They're deceived. They're deceived because they think that they'll always obey this master when I told them to rule that master. See, we were told to rule the devil. He's not here to rule us. And the only way he can rule us is if you let him is if he can get in your mind and convince you, who do you think you are? What'd they do to Jesus? Who do you think you are? They did it to God himself. That religious spirit attacked Jesus himself. Who do you think you are? You think that you don't sin? Who do you think you are, Jesus? And he told him who he was. Actually, he showed him who he was. He who knew no sin for your sin, so that you can become the righteousness of God. Now these scriptures start to make sense to me. What? Whoa. Now God's got me. Now he's got my attention. He has got my attention. I am, whoa, wow. But he said, don't worry about the sin. I, I don't want you focused on that. I want you focused on me. And if you're focused on me, that sin will fall off of you. It won't stand a chance. But the moment you get your eyes off of me, you'll fall in that ocean. And it'll jump on you pretty badly. And it might beat you up and hurt you and kill you. So the moral is, our eyes have got to be on God. 
100. What's the number one commandment? Love like God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's number one. Because if you follow number one, guess what? Sin has no hold on you. It's impossible. May it never be, as Paul states. May it never be. Because you know why? You're following rule number one. See, a lot of us don't follow rules very well. And God simplified it to two rules for all you ADD people out there. He took all them 600 laws and simplified it to two. Love your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. Lean not on your own understanding. And then love your neighbor and love your brother as yourself. That's it. That's the whole law summed up in two commandments. Man, see, we always try to complicate things. See, the devil's the author of confusion. So he's going to try to tell you, hold on now, hold on, hold on. Right now, the devil's going to try to, hold on now, but God's going to break that stronghold. The the Word of God is going to break that stronghold in people's minds. He broke it in my mind. I know he'll break it in yours. And you know what's funny? I did. I'm not going to say no names, but I had a pastor when when I got this three years ago. It's a gift. He gave me the gift of holiness, the gift to be like him. It's a gift. You can't earn it. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how many yards you clean up, how much poop you pick out of people's yards. doesn't matter. You cannot earn this gift. It's a free gift of righteousness. I remember telling the pastor, I'm not going to sin anymore. He said, whoa, calm down, brother. You just chill out. I said, I'm telling you, I met God. God told me not to. He told me to keep my eyes focused on him, that if I do that, I cannot fail. If I keep my eyes on him, that I cannot fail. What if I told you today that you will not lose? The battle is over. He destroyed the works of the enemy. If you keep your eyes on him. So what's the enemy do? He tries to distract you. He tries to get your eyes off of him. Well, the pastor told me, he said, you know, you're deceived, brother. First John 1 tells you, if any man says he has no sin, he's deceived, and the truth's not in him. And, and, and he told me this. And I asked God, I said, God, what do I say? Well, I said, because you're my daddy. You tell me what to say. I said, well, sir, I said, it's mighty funny how the gospel that I heard you preach to me for 10 years left me a crack addict, about to be divorced and smoking pot every single day. I said, but the gospel that God gave me set me free, and I'm no longer a slave to sin. And I am not going to do it. So you can tell me that all you want to, but my father's told me something different. And I respect your opinion, but it will not change who I am. (laughs) I told that pastor that. Whoa, who do you think you are? I'm a son. I believe what my father told me. I understand what he told me. So let's go to that common scripture that everybody uses, 1 John 1. 1 John 1. We're going to go to that scripture because I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm not going to leave you well, you know, but it says it right here, brother. 1 John chapter 1. If you, you know, if you say you have no sin, you're deceived. The truth's not in you, so let's deal with it. God doesn't run from problems. God deals with them. So 1 John chapter 1. It says... We're going to start in verse 5. See, you, got, you have to, we got, you got to read up. We're going to start in 5. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. At all. He made a point to tell you there is not one little iota of sin in God at all. Actually, God is what tells you sin is, so if he's in you, how can you still be what he says he hates if he truly lives in you? If we say that we have fellowship with him, While we walk in darkness, we lie. We do not practice the truth. 
So if you're watching, let's go back to six. If you're watching right now and you tell people, I know God, I walk with God, and you're in darkness, you're deceived, brother, sister, just like I was. No condemnation. I'm just here to peel back the blinders. God's using me to give you the truth. But, verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So he's telling you right now, if you walk in the light, you have fellowship with God. It means you hang out with God, and he cleanses you from all your sin. He just wipes it away. All sin. It don't say some of your sins. All. All means all. Now let's, now let's verse 8, the most controversial verse. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. No, let's go back to verse 9. What did he just say in verse 9? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No, that's verse 9. Let's go to uh, 7. Let's go back to 7. It says, if we, if we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So now who's he talking to? He's talking to the, to the self-righteous, to the Pharisees, the people of that day. Now, if we say we have no sin, you are deceived and the truth's not in you. So what are you saying? You're saying there's no need for the blood. Hence what he's trying to, he, he, people think that he's talking to believers. He's talking to people that think that there's no need for the blood. Because we have to have the blood. Without the blood, there is no way. There is no way. No remission. Now let's go to verse 9. If we confess our, now he's teaching you how to get it. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, now he's getting back to telling you about the blood. Now if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now let's go to 10. If we, have, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Okay? We all were sinners. Yeah, we did. Every single one of us failed before getting Holy Spirit. He's exactly right. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. Because I just told you all the sin I just came out of. You understand? So we take that one verse and everybody thinks, well, you're deceived, brother, if you think you have no sin. Well, let's go to the next chapter. Let's kiss the book. Let's keep reading what he says. What's the very next verse? My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Now, why would he tell you you're deceived if you say you have no sin, but I'm writing these things so that you might not sin? That makes no sense. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. So there's a key word here, y'all, if. See, a lot of people preach when, but when y'all sin. My, there's no scripture that says when. Look it up. King James, ESV, no matter what version it is, it's always if. So what does if mean? There's a chance you may not if anyone does sin. Not when. See, a lot of people's minds are programmed to when someone sins, you have an advocate. It's if. Okay? Have I, have I slipped since I've been saved? Yes. But what I do is I get right back up and I get on that bandwagon of righteousness and perfection. And I get right back and I say, Father, that's not who I am. I know it got me, but how do I get better? How do I change? How do I not let that pull me back into the pit again, God? And he teaches us righteousness. He transforms us. 
So this is the same author. See, I'm all about context. The first John 3, I told you it changed my life. Let's go, go back to the first John 3. He says, if you have any sin, if you are living in sin, you do not belong to him. So, so is John confused? Is he confused? Because right now he's telling you that anybody who abides in him does not keep on sinning. But then in the first chapter, he said, if you say you have no sin, you're deceived. So if he's talking to believers, then we have a contradiction here. Do we not? We have a contradiction here. Go to 1 John 3. So this is 1 John 8. If we say we have no sin, we're deceived. See, the Bible doesn't contradict itself, guys. The Bible just doesn't do that. So I asked God because I said, God, you know, John said that if we say we have no sin, we're deceived. He said, what did I say? Go and sin no more. Did I ever give you the mindset that you're going to always sin? He never did. Jesus never gave us that mindset. So if you truly believe that John's talking to believers in verse 1, then you're saying John's contradicting himself. Because in verse 3, he, he tells you that those who abide in him do not sin. Keep, keep going down. 3, 4, let's go to verse I'm writing these things so that you may be complete. Five, <clears throat> six, in him is no darkness. If we say we have fellowship, seven, but if we walk in the light, cleanses from all. See, he's talking about the blood again. But if we walk in fellowship with one another, oh, no, no, you got to go to 1 John 3, chapter 3. We're out, of, we're out of chapter 1 right now. I'm trying to make a point that if you believe what he says in chapter 1 pertains to the believer, then you're, what you're saying is, is that Scripture contradicts itself. See, I asked God this. I said, well, I heard you, you said your Scripture doesn't contradict itself. And he showed me, no, it doesn't, son. I'm not contradicting myself. Uh, keep going. Keep going. Verse 3. All right, first you purify yourself as he is pure. Keep going. Number 4. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning is lawlessness. Five, you know that he appeared to take away sins. In God there is no sin. Verse six, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. So if you truly believe that, that he's talking to believers in that context, then what you're saying is John's pretty confusing. He's contradicting himself. That's what I said. I said, well, God, he's it don't make sense. And God told me, he says, son, do you not know what I was dealing with? I was dealing with self-righteous Pharisees who thought that they were good without the blood apart from me. I, we're good. We don't sin. We don't have, you know, there are people that say they do not sin that don't know Jesus. There are people that say that. So he, he, he destroyed that that mindset, because that one verse just had me stuck. That one verse. But yet all of Scripture talks about be of the light, be as he is, be holy. I mean, there's so many Scriptures that you can that talk about walking in righteousness. And yet that one Scripture had, had a stronghold on my mind to where I thought, well, am I deceived, Lord? What, what's, what, am I deceived? And, and, and he revealed to me, which I hope if there anybody has controversy, that you take it up with the Lord and pray about it. Ask God. Ask him. Um, and then we're going to go again uh, back to Jesus' teachings. Um, um, we'll go to... Yeah, it gets quiet when you get real. <laughs> it gets real quiet when we get real. When this thing starts to, uh, and all of a sudden now, you're starting to ruffle me up. 
Well, I hope I am. I hope God is ruffling you up. I hope that he makes you dive in your scripture so hard. He makes you look and look and look and look for the truth and get hungry. Get hungry for the word. I hope he does because that's what we want. We want you to get into your word. We want you to read. We want you to dive in. That's the whole point of us pushing you. Let's just go to Hebrews 10 real quick. It's another one. I mean, there's so many examples I could keep on. Hebrews 10, this is a good one. And there's just not enough time to sit there and go over every scripture. Now, I'm I'm just revealing to you what God used to change my life, okay? This is how God talked to me. Now, I understand there's going to be people that's like, whoa, you're way out of line. I just encourage you to pray, and I encourage you to dive in your word. That's all. You know, we're going to, everybody sees the word a different way, but I, this is where, how God showed me the word, and this is how it transformed my life. I'm just giving you the raw cut gospel that transformed me. And they say, well, how do you know? Because I'm living it. He has transformed me. It's no longer I who do it, but him that dwelleth in me. See, next week we're going to talk about the power, the power, power in love. The power to be transformed and walk this out. See, God doesn't expect you to walk it out. You can't walk it out. You can't stop sinning. You can't. Romans 7, you can't do it. I used to use Romans 7 all the time. I, go, I, I remember telling my mom, but mom, look, even Paul struggled trying to do what he wanted to do in Romans 7. But then again, why would Paul contradict himself? Romans 6, he says, you've been set free from sin. Let it dwell not in your mortal body. Romans 7, he says, I'm a slave sold under sin in my body. There again, that's another contradiction if you take it the way that, that you think he was struggled. That's a contradiction. He was talking about without Holy Spirit. Because if you walk in the flesh, you are sold to sin. Your flesh is sin. You have to walk by the Spirit. By the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. So this is a whole nother subject. My God, we could, and we're, come, we're hitting on it because it's very important. The Spirit's everything. If you're not walking in the Spirit, you are going to walk in sin. It's, 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 it's a given. It's 100% positive. So what this is, to tell you if you are in sin, this is not to condemn you and to say, I'm better than you. This is to wake you up and say, brother, wake up. If you claim to know him, you ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. First John, the same guy that said you're deceived. You say you have no sin, but you're told to walk just like him who never sinned. Now, and, and here's another thing. People say, well, Jesus said greater works than these shall you, we, we do. Everybody thinks about that in the context of miracles and healings, but nobody ever thinks about it with sin. Nobody, it just don't cross their mind. Greater things than these you shall do, and I never want sin. Jesus, why don't we ever say, well, wow. Well, maybe, maybe he didn't never sin. He told me I'm going to do greater things. So, all right, Lord, where's our mindset there? But we always want to talk about healing and miracles, greater things we should do here. Well, what about your life and in, in walking in righteousness? You see where how our mind just, for some reason, this subject, man, is serious because it has a stronghold on lukewarm people. I'm serious, guys. I was a lukewarm Christian. God spit me out of his mouth. Literally, God spit me out of his mouth. He says, son, you don't don't know me at all. And it really challenged me. So we're here to challenge you. And I'm doing it in love. I'm not doing it because I think I'm better than you. What do I have to gain to tell you you're not going to sin? 
What does that have for me to gain? I love you, and I don't want you to fall into the trap of the enemy. I want you to walk holy and blameless above reproach, like Scripture says. See, once, once, you, once we remove this stronghold out your brain, Scripture's going to light up to you. It's going to just, whoa. I, whoa, you told me back then to be like you. Whoa. I don't even have enough time to get into the word perfect because it's mentioned over 60 times in the King James Version. 60 times the word perfect, that God, that Peter, let's go to Peter. You got King James? Let's go to Peter, and let's go uh, Second Peter, I think it is. See, it's so hard. Pastor, I don't know how you keep up with your scriptures when you're up here, but it is, whoo, it is hard to make your point. I think it is so hard because when I, it just, Praise you, man. <laughs> May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you. So we're going King James, and we are, we're going to King, if you got a King James, I encourage you to put it on your phone, flip to it real quick. Change to it. Hold on, I even got you the verse yet. I'm about to. <clears throat> Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold on. Second Peter. Well, that was another one. There's so many chapters I got up here. Hold on. I just want to get this one point across because this one point. Oh, it's it's all in there, but this, this is just maybe it's first Peter. Hold on one second. I will find this. See, you just gotta get comfortable with people waiting. So just hold on. I'm gonna get where I'm gonna get where I'm supposed to go. Um Hold on one second. I'm going to find it. Oh, you know what? And I'm going to tell you what, guys. This right here really changed my perspective on the Bible. If you have an electronic Bible, here's the benefit, Pastor, of an electronic Bible. If you're looking up a word perfect, type in the word perfect under your search. Type it in under King James. Type in perfect. It'll show you every verse where the word perfect is mentioned. Then you type it in under ESV. It'll show you everywhere they removed the word perfect with long-standing and mature, watered-down words, I would say. They watered it down is what I would say. But you got to dig. See, you're a seeker. God created you to seek. He didn't just create Pastor Tom to tell you what to do and how to live. He didn't didn't create me just to tell you how to live. I can't die for you. You have to put yourself on the cross every single day. You have to make the effort. Make every effort. You do. See, I can preach to you all day long, but I can't do it for you. Humanity's always been like that with with Moses. Yeah, Moses, but we don't want to talk to him. You just talk to him. We don't want to die to ourselves and then quit sinning. You just do it. You got to make the effort. You got to strive. You got to dig into this word. If I'm if I've stirred up something inside of you, if God stirred up something inside of you, then I expect you to be in your word, and I expect you to be trying to reveal. See, I don't read my word to try to prove anything. I read the word to get to know Him. It's all about knowing him, God. It's not about me trying to prove a point to y'all. It's about knowing him and what he expects of me. That's it. I need to know. If you don't know him, then how do you know what he expects of you? That's a big deal. It's everywhere. I mean, it'll open your eyes once we tear down that stronghold mindset. Yes, from sinning. Yes, I know. Oh, you got that? 
2 Peter 2, verse 4 through 10. That's powerful, man. He gave my wife that. Oh, man. And Peter was a guy who blew it. He denied God three times. But what happened? Jesus didn't send him out until the power came. What did he tell him? Yeah, you blew it before. Yeah, you blew it. So what? Wait until the power. Wait until I give you the power. See, it's all about the power, the power of God. And this thing's about, hold on, time's closing in, but I will. I want to give you this one thing. For some reason, I just feel like power and love. See, love without power is void. Love always has power behind it. See, I love you where you're at, the wretched mess you are, but I'm going to give you the power to transform and to change you into somebody new. Hold on just one second. I do got to get this verse. Second Peter, okay, okay, First Peter uh, chapter 5, First Peter chapter. It's everywhere. I mean, I'm telling you, I could sit here all day long and give you scriptures about how God wants you to be, but that ain't going to do you no good. You have to be a seeker. You got to get into the word and dig for the truth and dig for this thing. King James. See, see your Bible's probably ain't going to tell it like this. This is a King James deal. See, King James was the clo- one of the closest in the 1600s than the uh, red- original verse 10. <clears throat> Hold on, actually we're going to go No, that still ain't it. That's another one to strengthen you, settle you, and make you perfect. Um, oh, my goodness, Lord. All right, I know we got to close, but, Lord, just give me grace. Grace, I'm calling upon grace right now. I, I'm not, I don't you like to use grace because it's not for me to use. It's for him to use on me. It's not for me to use. See, a lot of us think grace is for us to use. Oh, I blowed it. Let me, let me charge that, Lord God. It's not for us to use. That's something deeper we'll get into, that there's just never enough time. Um, hold on one second. I'm telling you, it's coming. Jesus, come on, please. Okay, well, how about this? Assignment, assignment. Okay, God's telling me. You ain't got to prove no point. Here's, my, here's your assignment if you're watching. I encourage you, type in the word perfect under King James Bible, and I encourage you to compare your Bibles. See, God's standard is perfect, and if we don't have this standard, then, it do, then where's our motivation? Okay, I'm not saying that you're going to be perfect and you are perfect. What I'm saying is that you got to have a, a standard, a motivating block, Okay, uh, 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 something to reach for, something to move after, something to keep you going. Paul had something to keep him going, to keep him in, in the fellowship with God. See, because if we're not in fellowship, we'll never meet the standard. It's not possible. So I encourage you to type in the word perfect under King James Electronic Bibles, even though it failed me again. Another one up on Pastor Tom. Um, and to really dig into this word, guys. Um, you know, I, I, I just wanted to explain to you guys what you got. I would make you perfect, establish you, and strengthen you. Said, For God, but all the grace of God who called unto his eternal glory, after that ye suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, and strengthen, and settle you. See, this word perfect was all in the Old Testament. And, and to me, if I read strive versus perfect, that's two different meanings. It, it really just don't give you the full effect. Like, wow, I need to wake up. 
And I, and I need to really be serious about this thing because God is serious about this thing. And he loves you guys. And if I ruffled your feathers, praise God, because I'm not here to tickle your ears. Praise God. And, and if we have anything that doesn't make sense to you, please ask. We are here. We're, I'm not here just to give you a word and leave you void. I'm here to go over Scripture with you, and, we, and we'll discuss it and dive into our Bibles, and we just really want to push you. We're here to push you guys and encourage you guys that there's more out there, and there's better things to come for the whole body of Christ, because right now it's a dark time in this world, and we have to be the light. We have to, for we have been chosen for such a time as this to be the light of the world. What an honor. What an honor. Thank you, guys. We love you. We will see you next week with the power. Next week, we're going to be teaching power. We're going to be teaching the ability to walk this out. Don't think that you can do this on your own because you cannot. You have to have this gift, this power in order to do so. So we love you guys, and we thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll see you Sunday and see you next Wednesday. Thank you. <laughs>